Hey everybody, it's Ron from the Nerd Life Crisis Podcast Network, here to talk to you today about SpinWiz Comics. SpinWizComics.com is an indie comics discovery platform. It's designed to help comic book readers find new content, with over 60 publishers and over 400 different comic titles to choose from, and growing every week. Most of the content right now is free to read, but there are options available to purchase PDFs and support creators you read the most. And right now, as part of the promotion, IB Comics is offering the first four issues of Grace, free to read. And for all you music fans out there, the first 28 pages of Legba's Juke Joint, Volume 1. You can read all of these for free at spinwizcomics.com. So if you're a content creator out there, check it out. It's a no-hassle platform whose core goal is to help with awareness, to essentially take your comic book and put it out there for new readers. It's as easy as uploading a couple of PDFs, toss them into a Dropbox or Google, and within a day, your stuff will be online and available for purchase or for new readers to check out. SpinWizComics.com. Check it out today. Direct from the beautiful Inland Blue Studios, honey. This is the Nerd Life Crisis Podcast with your host, that fine ass Chris Thayer, that beautiful Steve Hill, and that big hunk of chunk of meat, Ron Mills. Woo! Mama's hot up in here. Let's get this party started. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Nerd Life Crisis Podcast. Here with your host today, Chris Thayer. And I'm Ron Miltz. All right. Hey, it's the uh, uh, the end of Comic-Con weekend. Yeah, just figured we'd come in and do a little wrap-up and, uh, you know, like we, we try to do every year. Um, even though COVID has sort of shut a lot of the con activities down, um, they still had a, a pretty busy schedule. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, it's all posted online, which is kind of nutty. Um because it's like, I literally, it's Monday, and I'm like, oh, there's like three panels I didn't get to watch. And I usually do that when I get home from the weekend as I go on YouTube looking for the panels that got posted right. um, that I hadn't got to see yet. So um, so I, I figure what we can do is we can talk about the highlights from the weekend um, and uh, go over our favorite panels. Chris and I did watch a lot of panels together. Not together, but like we both watched the same panels, right? Uh, probably some of them. I would imagine most of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I we we tend to have um, uh, shared experiences on a lot of things. So, I mean, it, it wasn't a normal, um, you know, Hall H weekend either. You had a couple of Hall H size panels each day. It wasn't a full day of Hall H panels. So, you know. You're definitely right about that. And, I mean, some of the biggies were missing. Like, DC had a panel, but it wasn't a film panel. and Marvel didn't have a panel. So when you're missing those two juggernauts, it's like everything else sort of pales by comparison. Um, but we did get some pretty cool shit. Um, yes. I think the best the best part about the weekend um, was I, I kind of went camping uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Um, so I spent just as much time sleeping outside as I would have had we gone to Comic-Con. <laughs> That's funny. So... Um, and, and I decided I was like, you know what? There's not enough smelly people around, so I'm just not going to shower for two days. It'll be great. You know, All right. you'll be the contributor. <laughs> Sounds good. There you go. There you go. 
Uh, so uh, for you, uh, did you what did you do as far as panels? Did you watch a bunch? Did you not watch a bunch? No, I did. I watched quite a few. I probably watched like upwards of ten panels, um, which is, I gotta say, more than I would normally go to, because um, you know I don't do lines. So um, this for me was kind of ideal, you know. <laughs> I didn't have to sleep outside just to, you know, see some cool stuff. I I, I got to tell you, man, some of the stuff was really fun. And I'm, there's a few things I'm still like I haven't gotten to yet. Um, like I haven't done the His Dark Materials virtual panel yet that I wanted to do. So, yeah, man, um, I, I have to say, though, that the most impressive thing for me this weekend was the fact that they were able to put all these things together. So, um, like, it was obviously... I mean, I, I thought several times that I really wonder how this is going to change cons going forward. Like, are we going to see lasting changes as a result of I this? I mean, probably not because people are stupid. So, <laughs> I mean, people hate change. I don't know, man. I mean, I yeah. But I think you're going to have cons all across the country start to do this. And, uh, I mean, they may not get the big stars the way this did. But, I mean, really, what does it take a star to do? All they got to do is plug in for an hour or half an hour. I mean, I, I was saying, I you know, it, it really doesn't take much for these celebrities, for these stars, to just log on. You know, and this this may change the way panels get done. Um, you know, if if somebody isn't able to make it to the con because they're on location or whatever i mean this may completely change with people coming you know coming in via internet yeah i i, I mean yeah i i would agree with that i think uh one thing i'm sort of uh um excited and dismayed by is how well it worked <laughs> because you could you could yeah. see a number of stars not showing up to these things anymore i mean you're basically at the point with a lot of these guys where yeah. they only show up for autographs you know, they're bread and butter money on that, you know. Oh, uh, all right. So uh, we both agree that the con uh, was interesting, to say the least. Um, I, I mean, there was a whole component of this thing missing. Don't get me wrong. Like, well, yeah, the convention yeah, part. I mean, there was no tables. You know, it, it wasn't, you know, even though they tried to do the thing with the exhibitors online, like I tried perusing that and it really wasn't user friendly, you know, Um Oh, yeah. Yeah, they didn't have it set up where I could just click on a, a booth in the hall and then, like, see, like, what do these people offer? Like, it, it, I had to do, like, a, 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 a drop-down search button. Like, it's, like, 19, like, 99 or some shit like that, you oh, know? Oh, dude. Yeah, it was like I had to do a deep dive just to figure out who the hell each right, person was. Right, right. And that was a little disappointing. It seemed like they did a lot of focus on just the panels, you know? Um and not so much on my ability to, like, you know, pick up stuff. So um, I don't know how anybody that, you know, had a table I, sold, I can't imagine it was great, um, or had a... Uh, d no, I, I wonder if they made anything on that I, weekend, to be I honest. I mean, if it was free, then I think it's just the free advertisement is great, you know. But I don't know how many people did deep dives, you know. Right. So. You're right. I mean, unless you are a super dedicated fan... But even we didn't see a ton of people come through. We had a couple of orders over the week. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. Um, but, you know, it wasn't It wasn't like gangbusters. A normal no, show. God, no. Not even a little, not even close. 
Um, I mean, there were orders that came in, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like a, a mm-hmm. show, you know? So, um, right. But anyways, let's, uh, let's get into some of our favorite panels over the weekend. Um, so, well, before you jump into that, can I just, I have a, I have a, a bone to pick with the Comic-Con people. I don't know who came up with the color scheme. Was it just me or was the light blue little title cards for each thing? fucking impossible to read i think it was just you like did you have a <laughs> was it i mean i've i was out in the studio so it could have been just the screen was too big but my god it was giving me a freaking headache just trying to read the stupid screen Yeah, i feel like i feel uh I, th- yeah it was i feel like, like you need to get a better like higher definition yeah, monitor these, or something <laughs> no man it was it was like you had this light blue square or rectangle and then you had um the letters in black but then you had like, like this white ghost outline around the black. So it was like the whole thing looked blurry the whole time. Like just it it seemed like it could have been so much easier. Yep. Um, so if they're going to do that again, I mean, come on, guys. You Even just a black square with white letters would have been a hell of a lot easier to read. And it, it just kind of irritated me to the point where I was like, I don't even want to look <laughs> through this. You know, I mean, it's just basic marketing. You want to make it as easy to easy to look at right. as possible. I don't know. I was just, I was really irritated by the time I got through the end of Sunday. I'm like, why the hell is this so hard to read? <laughs> but whatever. Uh, it was just, you know, maybe it's a design pet peeve. I just, it drove me nuts. But anyway, on to the panels. Now, that's my rant for the, for the yeah, episode. So, uh, what was your, uh, what was your favorite panel that you watched? I got to say, man, the Constantine panel was my favorite. The uh, 15-year anniversary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it 15, it's 15. or 20? It's the 15th an- 15-year anniversary. Yeah, was that movie 15? came out in 2005. That's right. That's right. It was yeah. 2005. Yeah. I, you know, I was, I was really pleasantly surprised. And the coolest part about it is like three dudes. That was yeah, it. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. It was like the director, the producer, and <laughs> Keanu. And that Just- was it. It, but it didn't matter because that's all we needed to see. I mean, I would like to have seen Shia. <laughs> that, <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Shia ain't doing your Comic Con panel. <laughs> he would have been just do it. <laughs> what's what what's? No, man. I I think the coolest thing about that panel was that I learned stuff about that production and about how movies are made. Yeah. You know, and, and and leading up to how they're made. It's really no, cool. Absolutely. To see. And I it's kind of funny because a lot of my panels were like uh my favorite panels were Keanu centric uh this <laughs> weekend. So because yeah. my other one of my other favorite panels was the Bill and Ted Face the Music panel, which I think is an was an amazing panel hosted by uh Kevin Smith. Um uh Yeah, that was my least favorite panel of the uh, entire weekend. More least favorite than the Walking Dead panel? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, but go ahead. Be- before I, I feel a second rant coming on uh, for my boy Kevin Smith. But go ahead. Tell me. Tell me Kevin, why you like it. He's a good host. I, I feel like he uh, he's a bit weepy at times, no, but no. he's like, um, oh Jesus. Does he host any panel where he doesn't talk about crying? I, in the dude, movie? I think his his parents like dying has very greatly affected him. You know, so he's. He's like me, dude. 
hey, anytime like you put on Field of Dreams and I'm fine until that moment when like Kevin Costner wants to like, Dad, you want to play catch? And I'm like in tears every time. You want to have Dude, a catch? every time. And I know it's coming. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, he just wants to play catch with his dead dad. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But you know what? I, I get that. This is Bill and Ted's, you know, fucked our journey, you know? I mean, I, what, what is it called? Face the Music. I couldn't think of the title. It's, come on, this is not high art here. It, it ain't Schindler's <laughs> List. I mean, come on. Uh, okay. First off, how dare you? <laughs> Bill and Ted is easily the equal of Schindler's List. They both are about saving the world in their own way. Oh, God. All right. Um, All right. So we're doing the Bill and Ted. All right. We can talk about it. Go ahead. Tell me what you like. Oh, about no, the man. Panel. Look, I, like, don't get me wrong. The Constantine panel was great, but it's like the sort of thing you get on like a DVD extra, you know? Um, but it was really interesting listening to them talk about right. the film and, and like some of the stuff they had done as yes. far as like doing an end credit scene like after like before the Marvel universe had happened, you know, and how they set out to make right, they set out right. to make a PG thirteen movie, but it somehow ended up as a R movie. Uh, and when you watch it, it watches like Well it wasn't a somehow it, it was they explained exactly why they got that R rating because they went down the list of things that will get you that R and they intentionally went by the book so it would be PG thirteen because that was the mandate from the studio. Right. And the MPAA watched it and completely screwed them. And what they said, it was it got an R for tone, which was not on the list. So, yeah, basically the, the, the producer boiled it down to demons equals R. I mean, could you imagine if they had set out to actually make an R movie, like how much better that movie could have been? And I mean, oh, I, it's dude. funny because exactly. I argued for that movie for years. Like a lot of people were like, oh, it's all right. I'm on that movie's really dope, dude. Like it's not Constantine, like oh, the yeah. character from the graphic novels. Cause he's not British and he's not blonde. I go, but like, but everything yeah. else about that movie is amazing. And I really enjoy it. And, and then it's like, now here we are like 15 years later and I'm shocked at how many people like really go, you know what that movie, that movie was pretty dope, you know? And, and it's like, I think it's one of those things that dude. it'd be nice to see, it would be nice to see um, like that movie get an opportunity to lead, uh, uh, you know, or be part of the DC cinematic universe. I think that'd be fun. So I don't see that happening. I, I mean, it's possible. It, dude, they're gonna bring, they're gonna bring Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern into the Snyder cut. Anything's fucking possible at this point. <laughs> no, there. That's not. absolutely happening. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm just telling you. What? I'm just telling you. Oh, no yeah. way. No way. No, here's the thing. Um, I had no idea that Michelle Monaghan was in that movie. Wait, what? Michelle Monaghan was in Constantine. As what? His girlfriend. They had this whole extra storyline, and she turns out to be a demon. And they completely cut her out oh, of the wow. movie. Oh, wow. Seriously? Can you believe I, that? No. I... And, and the only... She's in there for by maybe 30 seconds. And she's in the scene where, where he uh, starts the... You know, at the end where he gets the sprinklers going and it's yeah, holy water. Yeah, yeah. And she's the one that says, holy water? That's her... And she hated that line. And that's the only line they kept of her in the movie. Uh, 
Is that freaking crazy or what? Like, you bring in a pretty big-name star, and you completely cut her out of the film. That blew my mind. (laughs) Well, and, and the crazy part is they filmed her scenes, and then they brought her back in to do some extra stuff. To try and make it work like later in the film or as a as an extra after credits thing. And they cut that too. So the director had to call her twice and tell her she was cut twice out of the movie. Amazing. After she came in her Amazing. baby shoots. Isn't that nuts? That blew well, my speak, mind. Speak, <laughs> like, how does speaking that of uh, watching how the, uh, uh, the bread is made sort of thing or the sausage is made, um, the Bill and Ted panel had a lot of like sort of inside baseball as well. So, um, a little, I mean, they didn't dive as deep because they're talking about a new movie, you know? So, um, they also had 15 people on the panel. There was a lot of people on that panel. (laughs) Like, like why, why, why is the grip on this panel? (laughs) You know, why, why is the dude, the boom operator? Why is he on this panel? Why is the lady from craft services (laughs) serving us on the panel? What's happening? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> totally why is the ticket taker from the amc on this panel uh, my <laughs> who isn't my, on my this favorite panel? part was the uh uh, uh the first off the two uh women that are gonna be uh the kids uh bill and ted's kids um, yes. the one is uh is did you know it's uh hugo weaving's niece i had yeah. no idea and neither did Kevin Smith. <laughs> no, she. They knew the. Was totally surprised Samara, by it. the Samara Weaving. Yeah, that's Hugo Weaving's niece, um, and she was in Ready or Not, which was a pretty dope movie. Um, and then, um, and then Bridget Luddy Payne, who I know from nothing, uh, got the line of the weekend for me. Right, right. <laughs> Do you remember that? Right. <laughs> yes, this kid. Um, it, they introduced now. First of all, Kevin Smith, I went back and looked at it. He took seven fucking minutes of the 43-minute panel just to introduce the people on the panel. Now, this is what drives me nuts about Kevin Smith. It's like, I get it. The guy likes to talk. But, dude, we got 40 minutes here. You took up, like, one-sixth of the time just introducing the people on the panel. Like, come on. But anyway, go ahead. Go ahead with uh, you know Bridget. Uh, yeah. So Bridget Lundy Payne uh, uh, gets introduced, and like uh, basically Kevin Smith is all, and Bridget Lundy Payne, who will be playing you know uh, um, uh, Ted's daughter, uh, and 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 this person goes, yeah, I I use the they uh, the what is it they them pronouns. Um, yeah, just, just a heads, heads up. up. And Kevin Smith takes like a three beat <laughs> pause, and he's like. Terrific! <laughs> it just yeah, it was like it was like well done. <laughs> he's like, like, I don't what? know what to say to that. Like that. <laughs> That's totally what he. That was yeah, the subtext. It, like, okay. it was literally like, I, I we you and I talked about it after both of us individually watching the panel. I'm all, you know what the craziest thing about? It? And you were like, yes. And then. I went back just to double check, and he literally the entire panel did not use a he/she pronoun. The entire panel, and I was no, like, he didn't use any pronouns no. with anybody. He always calls everybody by their name, um, and then 
and you, yes. you know, the you, but it just was so funny because it, it was literally like you had the same expression. I'm like, I'm like, did these guys not do any pre-prep? Was there no like, like they just went live and people showed up, you know, it was, it's not a call in <laughs> show. Like, come on. They obviously prep these. I mean, you would hope, <laughs> so you would dumb. hope, but it, it didn't, it did not necessarily feel yeah, that man, way. So, <laughs> but I got to tell you, man, oh. what they're talking about and sort of doing the, uh, uh, I mean, they're talking about, uh, you know, the, uh, the Bill and Ted, uh, face the music. It's, they're doing sort of like a Dickensian, like, uh, you know, uh, this is your life or not this is your life. Uh, what's the Christmas movie? Um, um, it's. Yeah, the no, no, no. yeah, that, and it's a wonderful life. Sort of the look back on how your life could have gone, sort right. of thing, and and basically like seeing how every version of their life life would have been more terrible than what they ended up with, you know. And I'm like, that's fun, dude. You get to time travel. Right. Um, they're gonna have George Carlin somehow show up, whether he's a disembodied voice or otherwise. Um, so yeah, so it's like the it it and to me, it's like you get the band back together, and I've always liked. Um, Bill and Ted, uh, uh, Bogus Journey, um, more than Excellent Adventure because it's a bit more surrealism, um, and it's a bit it's a bit goofier, right. you know. Yes. And I always loved how goofy it was, um, and I love the fact that they talked about it in the panel. They were like, "Yeah, the uh, they the studio approached us and originally wanted to do a sequel, but they wanted it to be like." exactly a rehash of the first one where this time they're doing an english test and they have to go and meet all these english like writers and you know novelists and, and they <laughs> right. were like yeah we're, we're not gonna do that instead let's do bill and ted go to hell <laughs> which is what the original title was and i was like how like yeah they they said they filmed it under yeah, that title. and then the studio they wouldn't let him release it under that title so how how the world has changed nope <laughs> seriously but Dude, what killed me the most is neither one of those damn kids has seen the Bill and Ted movies when they audition. Oh no, the like, how do you not go look at the source the one, material? The one did not. The one that was the they them person um, did not. But the uh, uh, the other one, she had actually no. Neither one. No, of no. Them she did. said that she, her her and her agent sat down and watched both of the movies. So. Ugh. <laughs> That, that kind of stuff drives me insane. Like, how are you, like, who the hell are you? And how are you going to portray this person's, this character's child and and not pick up on their mannerisms and whatnot? Like, what? why would you cast this person? I don't know. I don't they, get it, man. That they, drove me nuts. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, yeah, screw I, that it just It was just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Lack of prep. <laughs> Once again, so... Oh, dude. And that was not the only panel that I saw that. Like, that's what started to really get on my nerves. Like, who are these actors and who's training them? Where, where they're like, uh, yeah, I, I stay away from the source material because I find it to be uh, uh, cumbersome. <laughs> dude, the, the actors from Brave New World hadn't read the book. Really? How is this possible? This is an, I, I mean, I get it. If you haven't read it or you read it in high school, you didn't pay attention, fine. You're auditioning for the series that's based on the book. How do you not read the book? <laughs> I just, dude, that's, 
I, I don't get it, man. I, that drove me absolutely bonkers. How was the uh, Brave New World panel? I won't even get into that. The panel was okay. Um, it's like, I, it was disappointing at that point because that was one of the first questions. And I was like, oh, man, these people are dicks. Um, and, and the crazy thing is some of them said they went back and read it after they got the roles. And they seemed like they didn't even like the book. I'm like, you people are assholes, <laughs> you know, and, and it turned out it was like my least favorite characters in the story were the ones who didn't seem like they really liked the source material. Yeah. Like, why are you in this if you don't? I mean, is it really just a job for you? Like, are there aren't other jobs um, that honestly, um, Alden Ironrich Reich or whatever his name is, the guy who yeah. played Solo. Um, he's, he's John the Savage and him and, um, uh, the guy who played the, the, uh, the Epsilon, C-Jack, whatever. And the guy who played Bernard, like those three should be the only ones who ever do any press because they're the only ones that had any kind of intelligent answers about what they're yeah, right. Like everyone else, I was like, "Why is this person speaking? Get don't get let them do a panel ever again." Maybe the girl who played um, the main lead, she was somewhat articulate, but the rest of them were like, "This person should never do a panel." Um, yeah, I mean, they just they made me not want to watch the show listening to them, um, and it was funny because you you could see the guy um, who played Bernard, uh, Harry Lloyd. You could see he was just, it was almost like he was he was listening to the, the other actors, and you could see he was just like, these people are fucking morons. <laughs> like, I can't believe I have to work with them. <laughs> and, and the moderator was the worst. Like, she asked questions, and you could see, his, you know, just in his eyes, he was like, God damn it, this fucking moderator. <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> like... And she didn't seem like she had any questions prepared. It just seemed like she was winging oh. it. Like the panel it's, itself was was fair at best, but but not for the reasons that you normally would watch a panel. It was it was mostly like those moments, like, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> where they just basically were like, this person's a moron. Like that was what made it even mildly my, enjoyable. My absolute me. least favorite panel that I've watched, uh, which is literally also my least favorite panel at Comic Con, uh, is basically any panel about an ongoing TV show with secrets. So, um, but the Walking, the, oh yeah, the Walking yeah. Dead panel, uh, which was only the only panel that I've ever watched <laughs> that was worse than the Walking Dead panel was the Game of Thrones panel. Um, so <laughs> it just like. Because they're not right. giving you anything new. Like, you get n literally nothing new out of them other than they – and I always hate when I go to panels and the actors talk about their characters as though the characters are real people, you know? And they're like, yeah, Daryl Daryl wouldn't mm -hmm. do that or Daryl really wants to go out and, you know, or I would – and you're like, no, just talk, talk about making a movie or a show, dude. Like, it's not your real life, you know? <laughs> yes. So – you know what's funny is I I took notes on all of the panels except the Walking Dead panel, and I I got to tell you man I am I was somewhat excited watching the season, I am not at all excited to watch the rest of that season and ah. next season, and and maybe it's the panel maybe it's it's just time 
has come. Maybe we're in an apocalypse and it's just no longer fun. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not sure what the what the issue is, but but yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. That that might be in retrospect my least favorite of the panels. I think the thing that saved it and made it mildly interesting is that halfway through they switched all of the people yeah. on the panel. Yeah, like without question. And I think that was smart. With, except for Angela Kang. Like that was the only thing that yeah. made it interesting. So, now and is it me or or is I've there's something about Angela Kang that just looks odd to me. And I think I figured out that her eyes are about a half inch too you high. You think so, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm going to get out the Photoshop and get a picture of her and just drop them down a little bit <laughs> and see if that's what's driving me. I cannot figure it out. Every time I look at it, I'm like, what is it? <laughs> you know how you look at Shannon Doherty and like one eye is like a half inch lower sure, than the other? Sure, sure. Um, and it took me years to figure out what is it about her that's odd looking. I think that's it. I think that's absolutely it. Um, I, I, I have that same problem with uh, uh, what's his face that plays Negan. Yeah, really. I, I, he squints all the time, and it bothers me. Like <laughs> he's yes, he's <laughs> like yes. it's like I'm like, is it bright in here? Like really bright, <laughs> or like what's going on? And every line yeah. is delivered like yeah, that. Yeah, I just and I've never yeah, understood uh, like people that squint all the time, you know. So um, now, did you watch the New Mutants? I panel? did. I did watch the New Mutants panel, and and I got to tell you, man, for a movie that's never coming out, I was once again pleasantly surprised by what I saw. I mean the the panel itself was not interesting. Like I don't need to see the the emojis for each of the characters. <laughs> Um, I, I didn't like any of the actors when they spoke, but the movie looks dope. You know, um, I always say if you're going to watch anything from the new mutants panel, just watch the first 45 <laughs> seconds. Like that was worth <laughs> it. Where, where they keep listing the dates that it was supposed to come out yes. and didn't like that was brilliant. Um, and, and what's funny is I said uh, by the time they release that movie, all the actors will be old enough to have children for another New Mutants movie. So, <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, I mean, allegedly it's supposed to be coming out soon, I guess. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, the trailer looked better than it had any right to look. So, Yes. You know, but I was down when the first trailer came out and it was like, oh, it's like a horror film. That looks dope, you know. Um, but, you know, to have uh, you got a movie with Maisie Williams and Anna Taylor Joy and Charlie Heaton from uh, 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 Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Yeah. I mean, it's got like the leads. You're like, oh, well, this is pretty cool. That's another weird looking dude. Ooh, Charlie Heaton. Yeah, he's a weird looking well, cat. I, I, got, I haven't figured him out yet. I'm not sure what it is. He, he, like somebody likes the way he looks. He keeps getting work, you know. So <laughs> he does get work. Um, I, I gotta say, I mean, they showed the first few minutes of the film. I don't know if that's the cut or if that's just uh, some clips. It just seemed really, really choppy to me. I, I mean, I don't know. Like it wasn't a great sign for me. I, I don't know. I. I don't know if it was the opening. Um, it seemed a little shaky, which I'm okay with. Uh, shaky cam stuff doesn't bother me yeah. like it does other people, you know? Um, but it's also watching a movie on a, like I watched it on my computer screen, which never is the same as watching it in a yeah. theater, you know? So, um, 
That's why I never yes. watch movies for the first time that are like big movies, like on a small TV, because they just don't play the same. Like not at all. Um, but yeah, man, that that one was the one that I'm like, if this damn thing ever comes out, I'll be very excited. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm in. I'll watch it. Well, I mean, know. at this point, what's your choice? I always like some. It's X-Men. like that, or you can watch like the the new Press <laughs> Your Luck on ABC. You know, like what are you left with? Um, wow. Uh, okay, so wow. my favorite. Go oh, ahead. dude. Speaking of Kevin Smith. Dude, have you seen this, like, what is it, celebrity web show bullshit thing that they've got out where each person creates a a YouTube show or something and then people vote on which one's the <laughs> shittiest? I have not, no. Like, that's where we are? Yes. Yes. Dude, it's bad. It is so, so bad. I can't even begin to tell you how bad this shit is. <laughs> It's almost as bad as the comedian throwdown hosted by uh, who is it? Not John Krasinski, but the other one that looks just like him. Um, and and they do these random little sketch things by themselves or with one person. Uh, yeah, just bad, bad, bad stuff going on. Like we need to we need to squash this coronavirus because I cannot handle the shit that's coming out of these people. It's just terrible. I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> we need we need something. I mean, at, th- at this point, release the new mutants. That's something. Are, are, you, are you saying that we're just we do it Quibi style? So, so you do one five five minutes a week. At least we have something to look forward to. It's not celebrity web don't sharding. You, don't you know yeah. that that's why Quibi was invented? Because they're like, we've only got eight movies in the can, you guys. We got to really milk these. Oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. now. You, did you watch the boys? Oh, dude, panel? that one was amazing. That was a great panel. That that was a great panel. You know, part of it, and and the coolest thing about that is the the release schedule. That, I like that they're going to release it weekly. They're going to drop three episodes, and then the rest of them will be weeklies. I like that. Uh, well, I think that's the future, man. I think that we've been, uh, if anything, the Mandalorian proved that having water cooler talk helps, you know, uh, as opposed to, the, yeah. I mean, the yeah. Netflix model is great and all because like I get all my Stranger Things in like 10 hours. But the problem is I watched all of season three of Stranger Things like a year ago and I've never gone back and rewatched it, you know, Um and and no. so much of it yeah. is just like a blur because you're just digesting it as quickly as possible, you know. And I think there is something to in, enjoying, yes. um, enjoying something a bite at a time as opposed to trying to gorge your five dollar foot long all at once, you know. That's the crazy thing is you've got Quibi and we joke about it, but it's the complete antithesis of what the Netflix model is. And it's like, at some point, you're going to go, yeah, that weekly thing, yeah, that worked. Why don't we go back to that? I, You know? Binging is cool and all, but you can binge it after it's been out here's for the a thing. year. You know? But that first experience, yeah. you need that time to here, process. Here's the thing with the difference. Like, I feel like the Netflix model is going to the buffet and just eating until you're sick, right? Uh I, I feel yes. like the the what Amazon's going to do you to release 3. It's like The Mandalorian. They release two episodes and then one a week after that, right? 
So it's like I get a meal, but then yeah. I'm just hungry enough for that other meal. The Quibi is like one of these fad diets where mm-hmm. you have to survive on like water, a, a watermelon rind. <laughs> and, yes. and a grape. But but yes. peeled. A peeled grape. You don't get the... the yeah, to quote, to quote the Devil Wears Prada, I'm like, oh, I'm just one stomach flew away from my target goal. You know? So it's like... <laughs> that's what I feel like Quibi is. I feel like I'm all, oh, this shit's like... Uh, uh, like if I went on the Weight Watchers, but for TV. <laughs> so... But so so back to the boys, there were some really nice things that they showed us. They didn't show us a lot. Um, they showed a lot of like the, the teaser is a ton of really quick, flashy, exploding bodies and heads and shit. But they they went into the thing with the whale, which was great. Uh, yes. Where they they plow through a whale in a boat. Um, friggin brilliant. But for me, the best part of that whole thing is finding out that that aqua dude whatever his name is that he spent he spent his time exiled at a at a water park in ohio <laughs> like when he got kicked out of the seven they sent him to work at a water park in ohio that is freaking hilarious like i cannot wait to see that part of the story I, that show's kind of brilliant like let's not lie <laughs> oh yes oh and homeboy uh what's his name uh Super dude, he him drinking the milk, the mother's milk, uh, left over from uh, from yes, Karate Girl. Yes, what's her name? Elizabeth Shue. Well, like that was. There's so much disturbing about this show that. that makes look, it man, I think at the end of the day, it's like uh, uh, we've got some really great TV coming down the pipe here. Uh, we're gonna have a, a lot of fun uh, talking about some of this stuff coming up. You know, it's nice to get something to actually you know, uh, chat about again on, on the regular, you know, so we'll get to do, you know, we'll get right. to do umbrella Academy. We'll get to do the boys, you know, uh, um, I'm going to, I'm watching fear the walking dead. So I'll get you caught up on that. <laughs> no, that's good. Now, now did you watch the, uh, what we do in the shower? I have channel? not. It's on my schedule. I still haven't yet to do that one. That was a fun. Sh- that was fun, dude. I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't the greatest, and Haley Joel Osment is not a great moderator. Like I, I like the guy, and he was fun in the episode he was in, but yeah, I don't know if I want him to moderate anymore. I think he's he's uh, he he seemed a little unprepared, and then for some reason the dude that plays Nandor, like kept disappearing <laughs> and reappearing throughout the panel. Like he he left like no no joke ten times. Throughout the panel, he would just and they would go to ask him a question, and he was gone. Maybe, and then he, and then his screen would pop. Maybe back he had up. to pee really bad. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. You know, uh, dude. Well, it wasn't even to, like he didn't leave the screen. <laughs> like his whole screen disappeared. <laughs> like, and he kept like, is it is it working? Like he was having some major technical difficulties. Um, but the thing I took away from from that panel, and no spoilers because I know you're gonna watch it. Is that they? I forgot they shoot most of it at night because they're oh, vampires. Shit. That's and how hard that shit must be on them. Just their internal clock and not having sunlight um, has to be rough. I mean, anybody who works graveyard shift knows right, what that's like. Right. But, but yeah, man, spending weeks on end just being asleep during the day has to take its toll on you as an actor. That's that's and crazy that port- stuff. I mean, the same thing happened. Yeah, with I was gonna Game say that poor guy that plays Guillermo because he does all the daytime shots, <laughs> so he's got to be there for the nighttime yeah. and the daytime stuff. Yeah, uh, man. 
So that was one of the things I took from that. Um, did you watch any other panels? Um, you know, I went through a couple of them. Like I did the conversation with Nathan Fillion, which I thought was all right. You know, um, yeah, oh, it was, it was like cool. cool. It was like the Charlize Theron, uh, uh, you know, career perspective was, you know, like some of it I just threw on mm-hmm. and it was fine in the background. And, but there's some other ones I haven't got to yet. But right. like, look, man, at the end of the day, it was sort of like all of the heavy hitter panels were sort of not there. Um, and I was left with very few Hall H type panels, you know, um, it was yeah. a lot of panels that I would have seen in a side room that I might have wandered into before the panel I really wanted to see and watched an hour of it and might have enjoyed for, mm-hmm. you know, every once in a while. But, you know, the panels I like are the panels I like, um, you know, like the uh, Kirkman panel was a lot of yeah. fun. Um, if you get a chance, that's worth watching. Um, you know, uh, there were some other ones that I checked out, like the Wakanda Forever panel, the Black Panther one I was kind of into. Uh, that was a Sunday panel. Um, huh. uh, there was a Ray Bradbury panel that I checked out. Um, you know, it was just and it's kind of funny because now Comic-Con's done and there's all these panels that are just online that you can go watch. And I'm like, I'm just going to yeah. keep watching them because there's not going to be another Comic-Con anytime yeah. soon, you know? So... No. It's funny because I as much as I complain about the guy, I watched the Kevin Smith, like conversation with Kevin Smith. Um, I think it was the yeah. Saturday night. Um and I, I you know, it was like it's the same shit you get from every Kevin Smith talk. Um, a lot of self promotion, a lot of a lot of profanity. Um but I think the funniest part was trying to count how many times the censors missed when he dropped a shit or a fuck <laughs> it was pr- it was pretty fun like because there's a lot i mean you, you like 50 percent of his his uh vocabulary is profanity that they had to censor so it's like trying to follow the conversation and figure out what the hell he's talking about with all the bleeps it's kind of fun too oh uh, yeah i feel you on that um, but you know it was it was uh you know it was kevin so Smith. So, so let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Do you think we're going to be here this time again next year doing the same thing? No, I I think um, there will definitely be a change to the way the the panels are done, and I think there's going to be a change in the way comic cons are done. I think you're going to see more of an online uh, component, just because this has forced that. Um, I think it's going to become more important that it will extend beyond the the event itself. Right. I think that's that's definitely going to happen. I think they've seen how easy it is to do this. Um, and you're going to have those kind of panels that either they're going to broadcast all the panels from now on um, or they're going to, um, you know, have some sort of pay service where you can see all the panels in Hall H live. I don't know. I mean, something something's gonna happen. Um, I, they'll find a way. They'll find well, a way. I do think that's definitely going to change the way cons are done, and you're starting to see it around the country. All the other shows that are not happening um, are starting to do some things. Yeah, I mean, it's it'd be stupid. It's gonna not be to. interesting to see what happens as far as the industry goes because the comic cons have been sort of carrying the comic book industry for the last ten years now, and without them. Like, people Mm -hmm. don't go to the comic book stores, you know? Uh, We talk to people all the time at the shows, and they're like, I just buy my comics at the shows, you know? Um, And it's like most... 
I think I think they're they missed a huge opportunity. And we talked about it at the very beginning. If they had made a more interactive map, they could have really done something interesting and and helped to provide that Comic-Con experience for people right. at home. And they fucking dropped the ball. And it would not have been that hard to get a little square logo from each person and have each person create some sort of a web presence and and uh, it would have been it would have been super easy to do you know hire one of the people that you know is, is not going to provide security for you at the event and have them do it you know take their paycheck and have have some web right do right it, it could have been really cool well there you go well let's uh let's wrap this so that's wrap this away. one up on our virtual comic-con right here uh real quick couple things um, if you haven't checked it out yet, we are IB Comics is doing a summer sale. Um, we are offering the first, yeah, we the are. first eight issues of Grace right now for twenty five bucks and shipping. So for less than thirty dollars, you get the entire story up to this point. You get the first trade issue six, seven, and eight. Um, uh, we're doing that special uh, for the rest of the summer, so jump on it. You know, um, if you don't have that yet. Uh, we're also doing the, if you got kids that are like early readers, we got the Princess Rosalie uh, uh, summer sale as well, where you can get the first uh, four issues. Uh, uh, it's not, it's it's the Adventures of Rosalie. Oh, no sorry, sorry. That's right. We did rebrand. So the, it's the Adventures of Rosalie. Uh, the Adventures of Rosalie summer sale, uh, which is the first four issues of Rosalie and the coloring book, all for 20 bucks on that one. Yeah. So that's a pretty ripping that- deal. That is Plus a pretty shipping. good deal. Like so, less than twenty five bucks, you're getting you're getting five comic or four comic books in a coloring book, or in the other case, for less you know twenty five plus like it's like four or five bucks for shipping. Uh, you're gonna end up with uh, uh, eight comic books worth of uh, stuff. You know, so like how great is that, right? Yeah, no, these are some good deals. Uh, and then on a on a Nerd Life Crisis Network note, uh, we got the new show that's gonna be dropping here soon. Um, so the the, the promo is going to go up this week along with this episode of the Nerd Life Crisis. So you'll be able to start subscribing to My Life As. Um, uh, right now, uh, we got, I think, if I have to double check, but I believe there's seven episodes in the can on that one that I was able to finish before COVID started. Um, so interviewing newer people has been a little bit tougher, obviously, because part of the fun is being in the room with somebody. Um, uh and getting to have yeah. that conversation, but at least you'll you'll be able to get uh, uh, two months worth of uh, of episodes out uh, before everything hits, you know. And I got some really fun ones in there. Um, and then uh, I know that uh, we've been talking about working on ways to get your season two of Fix It in the Mix started as well. So, oh yeah, no, and I I had to to wrap up that season. The last uh, couple of the episodes had to be done remotely. Um, the fortunate thing is, is most people are starting to invest in ways to record right. at home, um, whether they're actors or they're musicians. So you're starting to, and, it, and the technology is fairly cheap to be able to do it. Uh, so it, it definitely is something that we will continue to do and, and fix it in the mix. We'll come back, um, probably in the, in the fall. Well, definitely keep an eye out uh keep an eye out uh you got my life as a podcast uh coming out um a target is going to be august 5th uh for the first episode uh and then we'll run uh basically august and september uh with that podcast um and i'll see if i can uh figure out a way to record a couple few episodes like it's not hard they're only 45 minute bites on that one so it goes fairly quickly um 
But the first episode, uh, right. the very first episode of the series, uh, we interview. Uh, I interview three college students. Um, so what it's like to be a college student in a pre-COVID world. Um, uh, so that's kind of huh. interesting and funny. It's very uh, Nerd Life Crisis-esque. It's a little bit more riveled than the rest of the series is. Uh, but it's a good time, you know? So Nice. So, uh, But anyways, I'm yeah, looking forward look forward to, to that. We'll start, you'll start seeing postings on that. Go to IB Comics. Get your copy of uh, Grace or Rosie. Um, and, you know, well, you know, enjoy and, and check out these panels on uh, Comic-Con.org, man. Get out there and go. There's, they're all up there still, and I, God knows how long they'll be there for. So, <laughs> so uh, once again, uh, we guys, I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Uh, I am Bill S. Preston, Esquire. And I am Kevin Smith taking seven minutes just to introduce the panel. <laughs> and I hope you guys are having a nerd life crisis. Music for the Nerd Life Crisis podcast is provided by Big Papa and the TCB. All music available at bptcb.com or at iTunes. Life Crisis is recorded at the Inland Blue Studios. Make sure to subscribe to the Nerd Life Crisis at iTunes and like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Nerd Life Crisis. This episode of the Nerd Life Crisis Podcast is brought to you by IB Comics. IB Comics, the home of great creator-driven stories for people of all ages, including Legba's Juke Joint. The first book of a nine-book series is available now and tells the story of American music from the blues to the present. The series examines the values of American society and for what we as people are willing to trade our soul. The book has been called Smart and Clever by Mark Wade of The Flash and Superman and Raw, Honest, and Profoundly Human by Stephen Frank, the creator of Silver and the animator on The Iron Giant. The book is available now at www.ibcomics.com. IB Comics, the home of great stories.